Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 112 of NerdPod Generations. As always, I am one of your host, Steve Taylor, along with the lovely Al Jetson. Hello, friends and enemies. Hello, sir. Oh my god, what a day for football. Uh, and I gotta say, yesterday, I'm on the bandwagon for Deion Sanders in Colorado. I watched that game against Nebraska. Mm-hmm. They are fun to watch. Yeah. And then not only are they fun to watch, but the two people he had come and coach his team that were on the sidelines wearing Colorado stuff... Michael Irvin and Terrell Owens. Really? Yeah. And he's had Tom Brady coach his son. He's had defensive Hall of Famers come and coach. It's like, dude, this guy's got, like, the Hall of Fame teaching Jesus his son. Jesus Christ. Who wouldn't want to go play? That's the thing, is that, and who wouldn't want to go coach for prime time? Yeah. Like, especially when you're a guy like T.O. and Michael Irvin. Mm-hmm. Definitely, like, cut from the same cloth as and I, prime time. I give Matt Rule credit because the student body said if Colorado won, they would storm the field. Mm-hmm. And Dion's like, safety purposes, I need to get the fuck off this field, so I am not going to be able to shake your hand. So with, like, 10 seconds left, there was a timeout. Matt Rule crossed the field. And shook his hand before the game was over. Wow. And then went back to his sideline so that Dion and the Hall of Famers could get the fuck out of there before. And all the kids stormed, but they were gone. Yeah. No, and I was like, that is, a, that is a classy thing. I mean, Matt Rule, he was a, a coach in the NFL, so he knows. Yeah. But it's like, dude, that was classy. Do you think, because this is what a lot of the teachers did when I was at schools with sports teams. Mm-hmm. Do you think Dion Sanders teaches intro to college? Or College 101, no. or like those beginner classes that are like, this is how you go to class, and this is how you do this, and make sure you stay on schedule, and don't drink on the weekends. No, because he, he has put his name and likeness, he's pretty much given it to the college, and there mm-hmm. was a commercial that he wasn't part of it, but it was Colorado, and they're like, we're prime this, and we're prime that, and then it just shows Tian at the end, like uh, coaching on the field, it's like, that alone yeah. is worth everything for that college. Yeah. The amount of fucking people that they're going to get to go to that school as long as he's coaching there, mm-hmm. holy shit. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. But, man, his son, no fucking joke. And then there's the, um, the guy, I want to say his name, last name is Hunter, who plays offense and defense. He's a wide receiver and a DB. Oh, wow, okay. And he played, like, over 100 snaps. Wow. Both. Wow. And he had an impact on both sides. I was yeah. like, damn, that's fucking yeah. impressive. Well, if you're around all the time, you're going to have an impact. Yeah. But yeah. You, don't, you don't see that shit. And Dion, I give him credit, he doesn't make him practice during the week. He only makes him practice the Friday before the games because he's like, I got to rest him. Yes. He's playing both, <laughs> both fucking sides. He needs all the rest. I, I have faith and he has told me he will study the playbook. He will study the plays. He'll be at all the meetings and he'll still work out. But I am not putting him on the field to run. Yeah. Well, it's it's the ultimate players' coach. Yeah, it's the ultimate oh, yeah. players' coach. Oh yeah, you know. But dude, and they destroyed Nebraska. Yeah, people thought oh, like this is going to be their letdown, and Nebraska is really good, and their defense is really good. But man, the second half, the Colorado's offense kicked it, and it was they just blew the doors off them. Mm-hmm. It was so fucking awesome. Yeah. So now I actually want to watch college football, which I like college football, but I never had like an urge to just sit down and really watch games, but I want to watch, like I really want to watch their games. When I was a kid, it was always difficult to get into college football for me just because there was like all these different divisions and uh, like the the Big Ten, the Mountain Mm. Ten, the Pacific Ten, the Pacific Twelve, the fucking, and it, it was just too much. And then as I got older, I learned about the injustices associated with the NCAA. Oh, yeah. Uh, and kind of the, the, the faux rigging 
of things yeah. here and there. And it was just one of those things of like, oh, yeah, no, this isn't worth my time. Yeah. <laughs> and would... also, we, you know, part of sports is you get invested in the players. Yeah. And they rotate out after two years. Well, that's the thing is that I, I don't remember who said it. I, 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 my brain is saying Seinfeld, but I don't think it's the Seinfeld one. Uh, but that whole idea when free agency came into vogue in the NFL mm. is uh, are we just going to start cheering for the laundry? because it used to be that you would cheer because this team had your favorite player and that player couldn't go to another team unless they were traded and if they were a big enough deal they were never going to be traded away from the team so they were always going to be there so you were always cheering for roger starbuck or terry bradshaw or one Mm -hmm. of these guys uh mean joe green and then uh the 90s happened Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh players started being able to just leave and there was this big push of like Oh, but now all we're going to do is cheer for whoever's wearing the uniform. Mm. And that's kind of where we are. Oh, exactly. <laughs> that is exactly where we are. Yeah. Okay, so that's a good intro to uh, what have we been watching, playing, reading. Have you been watching some football? I've been watching football, but I'm not going to talk about football. We you don't want to talk about what just week. happened to the Bears? No, 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 no. Do Let's want... just say they are who we thought they were. Yeah. Do or we they want... are who I thought they were. Do we want to talk about what just happened to the Patriots? No. Because we were terrified there for we a We were terrified. Second. Philadelphia made a stupid call. Yeah. Stupid call. Terrible yeah, they, they call. almost lost them the game. Seriously, Seriously. I thought they had lost that game. I mean, they were what? One toe mm. from, from potentially losing that yeah. game. Yeah. Um, no, it, it, we got so much to talk about because we got two episodes of the show. Could we have Indiana Jones, which we have to do the Indiana Jones one? Um, <laughs> it's not like we've been putting this off all summer. <laughs> no, no, no. But, well, the thing about it, the movie did come out in June. So. That's what I'm saying, yeah. man. Well, it's, that is it's true. Like, we could have reviewed this back in, at the end of June. Like, you think this came out a week after The Flash? Yeah. <laughs> which is nuts. That's which nuts. Is absolutely nuts. Um, okay, so for the last month, I have gone back. And ever since I made my top five, I've gone back and I said, I'm going to rewatch my top five. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to rewatch some other movies and just really lean into it. I'm not going to make this call yet. Is someone getting kicked out of the top five? I'm going to wait a year to rewatch these movies before I make this call. But? But if I made this call right now, mm-hmm. Ghostbusters would move from one out of the top five. Really, it'd be not, fully kicked out. I still love the movie. Oh, I'm not saying you don't. Still but love it. It's, it. It drops a full four points because in terms of. I've got. I don't know if it's just I've gotten to the age where I look for more in a film than what I originally got from Ghostbusters when I was what was I was eight or nine when that came out, something like that. And you know, I've still loved it throughout the years. The reason why I'm gonna wait a year is because I'm not a big fan of. In the moment, a recency bias. Mm-hmm. Okay. I still love Pulp Fiction. is still a solid two. I did switch Blade Runner and Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein moved to three. Blade Runner's four. Traffic Thunder's still five. This is Blade Runner or Blade Runner 2049. 2049. Yes. Those four are still solid. Only reason why I'm saying recency bias is as of right now, RRR would be number one. Yeah. I watched that movie twice in the last month. Wow. <laughs> That's a commitment. I love... That fucking movie. It's such a good movie. And, I, and these last two times, I've more... Like, now I got over the shock and awe of it, more like dissecting it. Yeah. And I've also been listening to the music, because mm-hmm. I downloaded the, the soundtrack, which is not very long. It's only oh, 30 minutes long. Oh, no, yeah. I love Natu Natu. Love it. Mm-hmm. I think what makes that song everyone's like blown out of the water is because of that scene mm-hmm. is one of the greatest dance numbers oh, yeah. in the history of It's cinema. a phenomenal dance number. 
I I would put that as number three on my list. Really? Number two would be Sholay, which is the song. Sholay's great. I love Sholay. Sholay's my second favorite song. Not in that movie. seeing the numbers, mm-hmm. just listening to the song. I had a stupid grin on my face the entire time during listening to Sholay. Yeah. Every time. Oh yeah, me too. I have no idea what the fuck they're saying. Yeah, but it is such. An incredible song. It's just a victorious, happy song. Oh, it's amazing. It's so good. But my number one is Komuram Bimundo, yeah. which is the song that Beam sings as he's getting tortured by Ram. That still might be one of the most powerful scenes. I actually, the first time I just listened to the song, I teared up a little bit. Yeah. Because it is so beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. And yeah, that scene is, like, it, as great as every scene is in that movie, that scene is insanely powerful. That scene is the counterweight to Not Too Not Too. Because oh, Not Too yeah. Not Too is like this party. Everybody's having fun. We're making fun of the stupid white guy who's too dumb to know how dumb yep. he is. And then you have that moment where Beam's being tortured. And all I can think, the the perspective of Jenny watching, yep. being like, you remember how like a week ago these guys were doing a dance-off at yep. that tea party, <laughs> and now we're here. But it's also, if you really look at it, it is that is the seminal turning point moment for Ron. Because mm-hmm. that's where he realizes, as much as I am focused on this, I cannot leave him up. He, well, and not only that, he realizes that there's another way. There, yeah. he's, he's, this hit, Ron's whole thing is like, I am a double agent because i got to get these weapons. If I get these weapons, I can kick the English out of this territory, yeah. and we can make good things happen for our people. Uh, and this is the moment he realizes that weapons don't have to be guns. Yep. Weapons can be people. A song. Yes. Because that song riles up the crowd. Yeah. And the look on the extras' faces as they're getting pissed. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm getting shivers right now. Yeah. But I, I truly, and when I said I watched it twice, I stopped myself from watching it another time. Like, I yeah. I could watch that movie weekly. Oh, That's yeah. how much I love it. Oh, yeah. And the only thing, I actually, I, I followed um, the director and the two leads on Instagram, and I sent a message to the director, SS. I sent him a message saying, listen, I don't know if you're ever going to read this. I appreciate everything you did. It is my favorite movie. You need to find a way to get an American Blu-ray release of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. I would pay... I honestly would pay 50 bucks mm-hmm. for like a 4K criterion of this movie. Especially if it had all the different languages. Exactly. And, and that's another thing. Because I love the Netflix version of it. But I would love to watch the foreign language versions with subtitles. Yeah, I would love to watch the original, because I, I love listening to the original Taluga songs. Yes. But you can only do that on YouTube. Mm-hmm. If you're watching it on Netflix, you have to listen to it in, I think, Hindi, mm-hmm. which is, it's not different, but it's a little different. It's, I mean, especially, it's noticeable in the beginning of Natu Natu with the lip syncing off because it's in a different, Yeah, and it's like, you're getting a dub of a dub of a dub. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a little throwing yeah. off. Yeah, so I, I agree. It's it's one of those things that's not happening a lot these days. Well, it's... and that's another thing with Indian cinema. I've tried to look up other films. I watched this great YouTube video of this guy where he really breaks down the movie. And then he breaks down, he shows video of the theaters when people went in India to see this movie. And it is insane. Mm-hmm. There are people in front of the screen dancing to Natu Natu because they released a how to dance to that before the movie came out. I'm sure they did. And then they they said um, they spent days cutting up confetti 
and during the movie, whenever their favorite actor comes on, confetti gets thrown. <laughs> and it's this insane party. Yeah. And they said they've never seen anything like RRR. But I want to watch other Indian movies, and there's just nowhere to fucking get no, them. No, it's true. We have a few that we can loan you that are that <clears throat> I would I would highly suggest. Oh, you do? Main Huna. Oh, we, we gave away Main Huna already. We have it on digital, though. You can yeah. figure it out. Okay. Yeah. But uh, one of my favorites is uh, one of the first ones that I watched with Kelly, because Kelly is, a, of course, Kelly is ahead of the crowd oh, with yeah. everything. So Kelly has been into Indian films since she was like 15. Um, like, they used to get Indian take out and watch Indian movies. Oh, nice. I, You know the actual title <coughs> for it. We always call it Boy with Funny Hat. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm not going to try and pronounce it, but uh, it stars India's version of Tom Cruise, Shrew Khan. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And he's amazing. And he's also in Main Huna. Main Huna is if you had a teenage comedy, mm-hmm. but it also involved guy from the military being embedded in a high school, <laughs> as a high schooler. So you have, like, your standard not-a-teen movie, American Pie kind of like, oh, this girl isn't as attractive as this girl, and this boy is is so out of my league, and this boy is too nerdy for me to date. The hilarious part is that it takes place in college, not a high school. It has a it has big high school feel, though. Yeah. At the same time, Shrew Khan plays this character who is embedded as a military person because there's going to be an assassination attempt on one of the students and so he has to protect them and it's it's very silly and very fun and then boy with funny hat is shrew khan again it's like the cultural equivalent of like how titanic was for us yeah like okay. a huge deal like there's movies that are pastiches of boy with funny hat where they get the actors from that movie okay. to play characters in the pastiche of that movie and so it's like the characters talk about lo- and watch this movie on screen, and then they have the exact same thing happen to them in real life. Interesting. Uh, but it that was the first movie that I was like, oh, this is what the formula is for Indian cinema because the the first half of Boy with Funny Hat, these like six friends going through Switzerland or something, Weird. and they're just traveling through Europe. And it's that same kind of teen drama of, like, you get the poor boy and the rich girl, and they drive each other crazy, and then, of course, they get left behind, so they have to kind of put this adventure together and get back to their friends, and by the time they do that, they fall in love with each other. And then they the second half of the movie is they go back to India, and it's him trying to convince her family to let him date her. Okay. And it's a fully different movie. And it's, it's like, three and a half hours long, so you get this whole movie at the beginning and then you get its sequel right after that's so awesome yeah it's one of the things i love about indian cinema is that it it is unlike watching any other movie because you get a full movie and then a full sequel well they're truly epic yeah and and what i liked about this dude is he compared it he said each indian cinema movie is like Mm ben-hur every one of them yeah and american we make fast x yeah and they make RRR. It's like, it's one of their greatest, but it's like all their movies are in a similar vein of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's like one of the things I love about RRR is that it is, when are you going to have a movie that has equal parts, Captain America, the first Avenger, and Singing in the Rain? Yeah. <laughs> like there are moments yeah. that you can equate to both movies here where the action sequences are really good and there's not like anybody who can fly or anything, but you have these two characters that are yeah. basically as strong as they need to be. And, and you know, one's a beast master and the other is a fire marshal. Mm-hmm. And then you have 
big song and dance number over here. Yeah. Both work, oh, and both so are good. so good. At, at the same time, neither one is like, oh, that's right, I forgot this was a musical. Mm. Or, oh, that's right, we got to have an action sequence. You know, there's not that moment that you have in so many Disney products where you're like, oh, it's been uh, 15 minutes, we got to have an action sequence. Yeah. Because otherwise the audience is going to fall asleep because we don't know how to write a movie. What I loved is I saw an interview Seth Meyers had the director on mm-hmm. when, they, when they were nominated for the song for the Oscars. And he said, where'd you come up with the name RRR? And he said, we had no idea what to call the movie, so we just took the first initial of all our names, which is RRR, for me and the two leads. And then when it got time, we are like, eh, fuck it. Fuck just it. keep it. Yeah. I was like, that's awesome! Yeah. That is a great reason to yeah. call it that. Yeah, yeah. And, like, there's, like, I again, if you watch the movie, there's, like, this big title sequence oh, and everything, yeah. and there's all these words, and you're like, oh, so this must mean something. No. Nope. <laughs> And, and that was another thing, is the title sequence comes in 40 plus yeah. minutes into the yeah. fucking movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you're just getting like, holy shit. It comes up and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, yeah. now? We're doing this now? But I mean, it, it truly, you know, and, and once again, the, the main thing, I didn't want to turn this into another big RRR love fest like we've done a million times. I mean, if there's a movie to do it for, it's, it's this true. movie. It's, it's mainly the music. Yeah. That's been the thing that I've been most... So it's been... I should change this to what I've been watching, playing, reading, listening. I, I've really been delving deep into it. And there isn't a lot, but just the power of... You know, it, it, it's kind of similar to what um, Charlie Chaplin said about you don't need words to make something powerful. Yeah. Well, here, you don't need to understand what they're saying to feel the emotion in the yeah. song, to feel the joy, to feel the sadness. And it's like... So incredibly done. Yeah, no, I I fully agree. I was where you are mm. back in like March to May. I was just listening to this soundtrack on repeat anytime I went out and did anything. And so you'd be, it'd be really funny because Kelly would come home from work and I'd be in the shower. And usually it used to be that if we listened to Bollywood music, it was you know together. Mm. And so she would come home and find me listening to Bollywood music, <laughs> and it would just be like. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, this is happening now. Oh, God. So, yeah, no, I fully I fully endorse this decision. Uh, my only note on Ghostbusters, I love Ghostbusters. I don't blame you for dropping it down a few pegs on your, your board. It's literally just Bill Murray. He's a little too skeezy. Well, it's... That's the thing, though. He's not skeezy for the time. No, not for the time. And it's also... Like, the thing I still give that movie, a lot of the greatest moments are improvised, mm-hmm. which I love. I do still give it credit for a perfect balance between special effects and story. Yeah. Which, it plays that so well. And it, it does have scenes that I still find super powerful. Like, when Dana Barrett is getting possessed and the devil dog's arms are reaching through the chair and grab it. It's like... That's a scary fucking scene. That's a terrifying scene. That's a terrifying scene. And it's just, there's so much so good about it. But once again, it's, and I hate saying, like, the the child that has loved this movie for 40 plus years is going to kick my ass someday. (laughs) It's shallow entertainment Mm -hmm. to be putting on the pedestal that I had it. Mm -hmm. It's still great. But when you look at the other movies in my top five, you have the the dramatic, well, we just gush about RRR, but you have Pulp Fiction, which is one of the most incredible set up and acted and written films ever. You have Blade Runner, which is the most visually stunning movie I think I still have ever seen. Mm-hmm. 
You have Young Frankenstein and Tropic Thunder, which are two comedies that push the fucking envelope, but nail it in a way that is just I've not seen since. Yeah, and Tropic Thunder is so in its own moment. It's such a bubble. Yeah. Where you could never recreate it. Never you, in a million years. You couldn't remake it. No. It can only live in this one instance. Yeah. It's it's trapped in this little bubble dimension that it can't ever leave because if it did, it would die. <laughs> and I will say this again, and I know I've said this before. The most underrated comedic actor of all time is Madeline Kahn. Oh my god, seriously. You watch her in that movie, and then you think about Blazing Saddles and all the movies she's made for History of the World, not just the Mel Brooks ones. She is so fucking funny. I always go back to Clue, where she oh plays Miss god. Scarlet, yeah. and she at one point she's talking about finding out that her husband is cheating on her. Mm. She was like, I was so mad, I was so mad. The flames, flames coming out the sides of my head. She's so fucking funny. <laughs> But I, I found out that one of my favorite scenes in that movie, she improvised, and Mel Brooks said we're keeping it in, was when Gene Wilder blew her the kiss at the train station, and she ducked it so it wouldn't hit her, because she was trying to stay neat. <laughs> that was her. And I was, and he goes, that was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. And yeah. it really, if you watch it again, it's like knowing she just pulled it out of her ass. Yeah. Pure genius. Yeah. Yeah. She, and I, I laughed so fucking hard at every single scene she was in. Yeah. And it's like, when you have a person like her... Who's not in a ton of that movie, but she's going up against Marty Feldman and Gene Hack or Gene uh, Wilder and Gene Hackman, who's great in that fucking movie, and Peter Boyle and all these, and Cloris Leachman, all these heavy hitters, and every time she's on screen, she completely fucking outshines everyone. Because she ends up being the bride of Frankenstein by the end of the movie, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah, 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 yeah. So she has a, a very good, if oh very small role. Yeah, yeah no, Excellent. I love that. Uh, my favorite movie for Friends and Enemies is always going to be Duck Soup. The, it's still the Marx Brothers. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not I trying know. to get into a debate. I I'm know. just for anybody curious. See, I love Duck Soup, so I can never debate you. Yeah, and you can never really debate somebody unless they say a Fast and the Furious movie is their favorite yeah. movie. Then I'll debate. And them then until I need context. Yeah, that it's not even a debate. I just need the context of understanding. Why is The Fast and the Furious your favorite movie? Because I can think of 12 dozen movies better than any given Fast and the Furious movie. It's not cinematically important. It's not interesting. It's not well-written. It's not well-directed. It's not well-acted. Why would you like this? And yet, I know that there's somebody out there. But also, Avengers is in my top five. So who who am I to say? That's true. Who am I to say? Um, So I've been watching, playing, reading... Mostly Star Wars Rebels. Okay. Um, so I I came in to a little behind the scenes. Back when Dave Filoni had his moment where he was like, everybody, if you're going to watch Ahsoka, you should really watch season four of Rebels. I talked to you. And I was like, let's go into this as an experiment. I'll watch it. You don't. And then we'll see yeah. what happens. And it ended up being flipped because yeah. I never got my shit together and you ended up watching it with Ethan. So now <clears> I'm going back and watching Rebels. And it's both illuminating... And also frustrating. Yeah. Because I know the animation, you hate that animation. It's <laughs> shitty. We're going to get to that. Yeah. We're going to get to that because it does genuinely ruin the show on occasion. But it's fascinating. It's it's well made as a show. 
Yes. In terms of a show, it's very well made. I like the it. The storytelling is excellent. I like going back to the Star Wars universe and seeing all these things mm-hmm. and, and having this kind of fun adventure that's away from the Skywalker saga. It's really, really, really interesting. Which is amazing. Everyone just keeps asking them to do that yeah. and they keep going back to the fucking Skywalker yeah, saga. Yeah, we don't, we're not interested in Luke. Yeah. We're interested in the oh, universe. Oh, no, no, it's Rey Skywalker we're going to see in the next one. Well, but Rey's not a Skywalker. She's a Palpatine. She said she's a Skywalker. She can say she's a Skywalker. And two Force Ghosts shook their heads at her when she said that. <laughs> but you're not. Here's the thing. Genetically, you're not. And you you're weren't not. adopted by anybody and you didn't marry anybody. Yeah. So you can't just be like, we're going to get to this, too. In fact, you're the complete opposite of a fucking Skywalker. We're going to get to this, too. Because okay. this seems to be a thing Disney is doing. Oh, is They can just say something and it'll be true even if there's no rational reason for it to be true. So I am... Uh, two and a third seasons into Rebels. No. I'm literally a third of the way through season three, and I'm just trying. I'm just. I'm just shuffling at this point. I'm just get it done. Get it done. And it's not bad. It's definitely a good show. I will say, for all the moments that I like, which are a lot, the the voice cast is really good. I think this might be the best thing Freddie Prince Jr. has ever done. I agree. <laughs> Like, just full stop. I absolutely um, Not counting that interview that he had about Scooby-Doo. Have you seen this clip? No. This clip has been going around the internet. It's a clip of his now wife, Sarah Michelle Gellar, talking about being in Scooby-Doo and how important it is and how influential Scooby-Doo was as a cartoon and how much it means to so many people and how important a movie this is to make. And it cuts to Freddie Prince Jr. and says, dude, it's a movie about a talking dog. So, uh, but I do like him here. I thought, I think he's really good. Uh, I think the whole voice cast is really good. You have, uh, I mean, Sarah Michelle Gellar plays the seventh sister. She does. She does. She does. She plays one of the villains. There's there's many moments where I was like, oh no, mom and dad are fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Lightsabers. I, there's just a few too many moments where it turns into a kid's show. Like, it's in this nebulous zone where anybody could watch it and enjoy it. And then every so often, something happens, and it turns it into a kid's show. And it's just frustrating. So you have the one that always jumps to mind is you have Chopper, because you have to have a droid. I love Chopper. I love this, this idea of this droid who is just all sass, no help, mm-hmm. <laughs> and really only helps if it's truly in his best interest. Mm. Uh, so I, I love him. I think he's funny in Ahsoka, too. There's this ongoing thing about people talking to Chopper mm-hmm. and conversing with Chopper, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's an episode where Zeb is like, I don't know how to talk to Chopper. Like, I don't know, you understand what Chopper's saying? I've never understood what Chopper's mm. saying. And I was like, yeah, I'm picking it up, whatever. And I wouldn't care, <laughs> except that, like, two episodes later, Zeb and Chopper are having a conversation. Yeah. And I'm just like, God damn it. <laughs> Why do you do this? Okay, we're going to introduce Darth Maul. Oh, this is really interesting. Okay. And we're going to have Darth Maul be this this villain. And I have to remind myself, oh, yeah, Darth Maul would be old at this point because they keep telling us that he's the old master and he's old and he's mm. decrepit and he's old. And have we mentioned that he's old? And I'm like, but he doesn't look old. And then, uh, oh, well, this takes place like three years before A New Hope, which means Obi-Wan is this age, which means Maul would have to be at accordance age with Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. So I guess, yes, he is old. And then I'm just distracted by the fact that you have these Inquisitors. I like the Inquisitors. Mm-hmm. I like them a lot. They have these lightsabers, the, the two-sided lightsaber, and then they have the little ring thing, and it yep. spins around. Cool. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> at the end of season two, 
they turn into helicopters <laughs> and they can just kind of fly away. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah, oh, you blew it again. What are you doing? Why Why do we have this big moment uh. in this Sith temple and all this shit is happening and it's this big test and Kanan is going to be blinded, spoiler warning, and then you, wee, I'm going to marry Poppins away on, on my little helicopter wheelie-deely. And I'm just like, oh, you were doing so well. I was so proud See, of you. See, I, I, I read that as something that you've always preached that you hate, is that they write themselves into a box. And it's like, how are we going to get out of this? Yeah. Like, make the lightsabers be fucking yeah. helicopters. That's never been a thing before yeah. at any point, but now it is. Yeah. And it's, oh, I wish you wouldn't because I like what we're doing here. I like Hera as a character. I really enjoy the way she's portrayed. I love that she's this badass pilot. I love that she has this whole cultural thing with her home world and her accent changes and all these other cool things. Why does this have to be bad? You're so close to having something good and then it just kind of just fades into this this cross zone of just like, I don't care enough to get this done for real. And it doesn't happen every episode, but it happens enough that I'm like, ugh, okay. I do like it. I, I... I really hope, I really hope that by the time I get to season four, some of the elements of Ahsoka Mm. that I don't like are more firmly explained. Because right now, there's an element of Ahsoka that drives me up a fucking wall. Mm -hmm. It's literally the only thing I don't like about the show. Generally speaking, the show has gotten better. But this one thing makes me so mad. (laughs) I'm just like... But it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It doesn't make any fucking sense. So maybe that's explained in season four. I don't know. The other thing about Rebels, animation is so bad. I know. Because, listen, Spectacular Spider-Man is my favorite show Mm. in terms of cartoons. Maybe ever. It's really great. Mm. The animation is, it makes me crazy. I don't like the style Mm. at all. But when people are moving through space, Mm. when people are doing things... When people are interacting, those things look great. It's just a design issue mm. of I don't like this look and I don't like this thing and I don't like how this character is drawn. I don't like how they do eyes and I don't like how they do this. Mm. In Rebels, the actual movement of the animation is really bad. Mm. It's really catastrophically bad at times to the point where you're like, how is that character moving through space? Mm. It doesn't make sense I how they're moving. It seems like the world is moving around them. Kind of how the Flash is just like running in place and mm. the world moves around him. There's just moments where I'm watching Zeb walk or really any organic being. The droids all look amazing. I love the droids because the droids all look so good. Mm. But anytime you have an actual human being or bipedal of any kind walking around, I'm just like, ugh, this doesn't look great. And then you do close ups on faces and you can see that they're really trying to do like this subsurface scattering idea of trying to make the skin look like skin by putting pores and different mm. layers and textures on it. But it's still in this animation, and it mm. just looks so blocky and bad. And it, it's just this Achilles heel of the show where anytime the show is going really well, there will be a genuine moment of like, I wish this was animated better. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just wish this was animated better. Could you not animate it this way? I know it's a lot of work. Mm. You're fucking Disney. Can you animate this so it looks good? So that when it moves, it well, looks good. I can't good. remember. Did Rebels start after the acquisition? Yeah, it was a Disney okay. XD. 
It's the only thing I think product. about is they just said we'll stick to the Clone Wars. I think that's honestly what it was, yeah. but I I also don't like the Clone Wars animation no. either. It it just drives me up a wall. It's just badly animated. Yeah. It's clumsily made. And you look at something like Batman the Animated Series. Oh there's no excuse. That's so beautiful. There, that show was made in fucking 91. Yeah. There's no excuse. <laughs> There's no excuse to not have it look this good. And I, re- I went back and I've been rewatching some of those old episodes. And the one with the man bat where they're flying oh around God. the, the, air, the yeah. dirigibles. It's like, that is incredible. And they come up and out of the clouds. And yeah. then you're like in the cockpit. And they're like, what was that? What yeah. was that? It's fucking incredible. You're yeah. right. I, you're a thousand percent right. And... I got to throw this in. This the thing we had talked about the last time. My in-laws, they always like to try to watch different things, and they start watching Ahsoka, and they're like, "Do you have any idea what the fuck's going on with that?" And it's like, "No, because we talked about this. They don't mention anywhere except for that one interview that this is season five of Rebels. Rebels. This is season. This is five not a standalone show. This is not exactly this is not. And not only is it not a, a standalone show." Dave Filoni, you're out of your fucking mind if you think you can start at season four and it's going to be fine. Yes. No. There's so many things going on here that are so important to what's happening that you just fully miss out on because you started at season four because you did this. I love this in concept. Okay. Mm. And we can roll this into Ahsoka. I love this in concept because the idea of taking all of these animated bits and translating them into live action and then also taking some of these live action bits and translating them into animation. Mm -hmm. So you have an episode where you meet Wedge Antilles and he's at the Imperial Academy for pilots. And you're like, oh, oh. Okay, all right, okay, I'll do it. I'll, that That's cool, I like that. And then you have moments where you're watching Ahsoka, and you see Sabine in her armor, or you see Chopper, or you see Hera, and you're like, this is so fucking cool because I can finally see these characters without this shoddy, clumsy animation, yep. blocky style. Where and the costumes and, and makeup are very Very well good. Done. They're very extremely well, well done. done. Yeah. And, 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 and yet, and yet, I'm stopped dead in my tracks by... How clumsily done the whole thing is in terms of, not in terms of production. In terms of production, it's all done extremely well. Yes. In terms of Disney letting us and audience know what's going on. Because what they've been doing is they've been pumping out Star Wars with the idea being that you don't have to watch. This is not the Marvel Universe. You don't have to watch the last one to enjoy a Star Wars movie. You can come in and watch any Star Wars movie at any time. Because there's no linear pattern for when they take place and all these other things. Except now, <laughs> where there's a hard pattern <laughs> that you need to understand. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to be fully fucking lost. Yeah. Case in point, I'm three seasons into Rebels. Mm. There has been a lot of Jedi talk. Mm. A lot of Jedi talk. Two of the characters are Jedi. They go to Jedi temples. Ahsoka herself comes in and out of the plot. There's a lot of Force stuff in this entire show, right? And we can get into... You know, that one line that Han Solo has that has carpet-bombed fucking so many elements of Star Wars for me, where he says, you believe in the Force, that old religion? That's that's so hokey. That's so fake. And I'm like, you can me say that with all this shit happening, Han? But there's two Jedi here, right? You have Ezra and you have Kanan, mm. and they're doing the whole Jedi thing. It's a really cool dynamic, because you have Kanan, who's kind of like this Jedi 
who didn't graduate because his master died. Yeah. <laughs> so Which he kind of awesome. just is going out trying to do his own thing, and yeah. he finds this kid, and he's like, I'll teach this kid the ways of the Force. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. I'll teach this kid the way of the Force. And then you have, like, the, the lightsaber with the blaster, which has gone way too early. That shit's so fucking cool. Wasn't that awesome? <laughs> so I so fucking you. cool. It's such a cool concept. And that, that fight that with Kanan and the Grand Inquisitor, uh, so fucking cool. Yeah. And just like, oh, oh, this is what I go to Star Wars for. This is what I like about Star Wars. One of the things I like about it is that it has rules, right? So there's things, and then you have causality to those things we have spaceships going through space and again this is another problem that i have with rebels sometimes when you get thrown out into space you die and sometimes when you get thrown out into space you get like a little icy and then you're fine yeah and I, ugh, consistency is so important but you gotta remember rules went out the window with star wars with midichlorians as this is as exactly happened, what i'm getting to gone this is exactly what i'm getting to the entire world lost their fucking brains when in- midichlorians were introduced, yep. right? Because it took this idea and it put this this fantasy idea and I took the science spin on it. But even then, <laughs> you can look at it yep. and say, okay, so causality-wise, the level of your midichlorian count is going to connect to your force sensitivity. Yes. Which means you have to have a certain level of midichlorians to be force sensitive. Right? That's the implication that we're all getting here, right? Sabine is not Force-sensitive! <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. I've watched three seasons of this show. Yes. She's hung out with Jedis a lot. She is not Force-sensitive. Yeah. You cannot just be like, but I want to be a Jedi, and just manifest it into, I want to be a Jedi so bad, I'm going to move this cup. You know how I know that you can't do that? Because I've been doing it since I was fucking 12, <laughs> okay? It doesn't fucking work that the, way. The Force isn't real, yeah. Listen, <laughs> it, but my, my first thought was that this is Ahsoka showing up to Sabine's house when she's 27 and saying, I have a letter from Hogwarts. It's not too late. You can be a wizard too. And it's like, listen, we've all dreamt of that. Every single one of us has dreamt of that. Yeah. That's not a fucking thing. She's not force sensitive. So she can't just be a Jedi. What was it? Three or four, I think it was four when Ahsoka's talking to David Tennant and she says, I just, I just call him David Tennant. Yeah. Where she says, the force is within everyone. No, it's not! <laughs> but that's what I mean. I I, I, I knew exactly where you're going with yeah. that. Because when I heard that, I was like, The force what? connects and binds us all together, but your ability to manipulate the force is not something that you can just be like, but I really want it. You know how I also know this? Because Star Wars is enormous, and we've seen so many corners of this galaxy, and people don't believe in Jedis! Yeah. <laughs> so if you could just manifest yourself into being able to be telekinetic and telepathic and see the future, I think there's a lot of people that would be kind of into that idea. And it totally changes uh, Episode 8's title with The Last Jedi. It's like, no, everyone no, can be a Jedi. anybody can be a Jedi. <laughs> You can be a Jedi. Pippin can be a Jedi if he wants. Everybody can be a Jedi. Is Pippin a Jedi? Oh, that would explain a lot of things. (laughs) But it just, they spend so much time on it in Ahsoka, and it makes me so crazy because it's literally the only thing about the show that I find frustrating. Yes. The the action sequences have gotten better. The movements have gotten better. Let's go into episode three. Yeah. Okay. Episode three was boring ass snail shit. It was super short, first off. Yeah. And then it dealt a lot with talking with this council that Mon Mothma is in charge of. Yeah, that of. scene dragged on. And the whole the whole episode, I remember like, I didn't not like it, but I didn't like it because 
Nothing fucking happened. It was like, it was really interesting, and then things would happen, and I would be like, ah, oh, but that doesn't make sense with what you're talking about. Especially the scene, the the the, the very end of the episode before is them getting attacked at the shipyard. Yeah. And all of that intrigue, and then it rolls into nothing. Nothing. Well, and like it's so frustrating. It goes back to that idea that Sabine says, "Give me the thing," and Ahsoka says, "We need the thing oh to stay God. here." And Sabine says, "I won't steal it." There's something about four similar to that. I'll talk to you about with them. And it, but it bad writing. Yes. Bad writing of just like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm watching Rebels right now. Mm. There's no way, there's no way that Hera, who led the charge and the the rebellion's entire air fleet, mm. <laughs> she is the leader of their fleet. There's no way <laughs> that post-rebellion, when they've won, she goes to the Senate and says, hey, there's a problem. And then four of the five Senate members are like, yeah. No, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sorry. No, no, I <laughs> this agree is a thousand. This is General Patton coming to you and saying there are still Nazis. Yeah, and the Senate being like, we took care of the Nazis. Yeah, no, what the fuck are you talking about? They must be Republicans. But like, it just it it made me a little crazy because I was just like, so does anything fucking matter if at oh this point God. even Mon Mothma and Hera still can't get anything done because four out of five senators yeah. say this isn't an issue. This is bad writing again, guys. We're running back into bad writing. And then I look at the episode. And it was frustrating. Yeah. So frustrating. And then you have later on in the episode, you have this interesting space battle, which was... It was okay. It was okay. I genuinely, for a second, thought that they just took... Like 1930s Corsairs mm. with the propellers and everything. Is that a Corsair? This is not Doctor Who. You can't just take ah, it. That's right. I was just thinking that. <laughs> but uh, so I. But like that scene was okay. And then it got to this interesting point, kind of like Rebels, where you have this moment where Ahsoka needs to go outside, and so she puts on a spacesuit, which not something that happens Dude. in Star Wars all the time, and she has this really interesting fight. On the wing, which was cool no. until she had a moment where she was like, I can't get back. You're a Jedi! You can move things with your mind! What are you talking about? You don't need to be... Why is she floating in front of the cockpit being like, come help me? What is this? See, that scene, though, was as frustrating to me as the Darth Maul scene in episode one, where instead of the 20 people shooting him, mm -hmm. the two Jedi say, you go, we'll take care of it. The fighters are... Going to the ship that is completely dead incapacitated, in the water. and instead of destroying the ship, so Ahsoka floats off and can't do her lightsaber fight, they aim at her, mm -hmm. and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm -hmm. Blow the fucking ship up, you dumbasses. Another Star Wars moment in Rebels that oh. made me crazy that was very similar to this. There's an episode where you have clones and droids and the Rebels yeah. and all this nonsense. And at one point, they have to blow up a bunch of walkers. And they're like, okay, so we have these bombs. We're going to roll them out. And then the droids are going to shoot them. And the droids are like, we're too inaccurate to do that. So what's better is for us to shoot at the Jedi and then have the Jedi reflect the lasers at the bombs. Yeah. Because that's more accurate than we are. And I'm like... That's asinine. <laughs> that's so dumb. Can and we all agree that's dumb? That is that is the theme of Star Wars over the last 20 years is common sense is out the window 
Instead, we need special effects. Yeah. And it's like, you can't fucking do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you need to have some semblance of common fucking sense. Yeah. Like, in, in episode eight with the fucking, for some reason, their bombers are <laughs> slow as shit. Yes. And it's like, wait a second, you telling me you can't put bombs on a fucking X-Wing or something? Yeah. No, you have to have these ships that are absolute whales and slow and can't go fast. Yeah. That's a, like that was one of the more frustrating scenes, but yeah. it, this is a similar thing. It's like blow up the fuck ship, yeah, and then shoot her as she's floating through space. She won't be able to do flips and shit, yeah, because she's floating in fucking space. Well, and like there was this whole thing at the end of the episode <clears throat> too. After this dogfight, after they somehow get away, which there's no good oh reason why they get away. That was that I was just sitting there like, how do you guys get away in this situation where you have? The, the the woman Morgan, which quick aside, this is I'm trying not to get distracted. If you have a character who's a witch, don't name her Morgan. We all know what you're doing. Oh, did you read King Arthur? Yeah. Did you know about Morgana Le Fay? Oh my god damn it! Holy shit, what an idea! Oh my if I come across one more witch yeah. whose name is Morgan, I'm gonna throw shit against the wall. I'm so tired of this. Be creative for five fucking minutes. I'd yeah. rather have you name her Hermione than Morgan at this point. Like it's so clear what you're but doing. Then even when they had the when she turns on the orb and the map comes up, and uh, what's his nuts? Uh, Ray Stevenson says, "Oh, witchcraft." It's like, dude, it's, a couple other characters did that that weren't fucking witches. Not only that, it's just another version of the Force. Yeah. Right? That's what this is? Yeah. Right? Because that's what Rebels keeps on insisting, is that there's all these different layers of the Force. They're like, they're, the Sith isn't really the you know the bad side of the Force, it's this side of the Force, and the Jedi aren't the light side of the Force, yep. they're this side of the Force. And there's this cavalcade of Force pieces in between. And so I assume these witches fall in there. Yeah. And so when Ray Stevens is like, witchcraft, I'm like, says the wizard! I was going to say, <laughs> I want to say to him, you're a wizard, Harry. You're it's a like, fucking wizard. Yeah. And, and people refer to Jedi as wizards. Yeah. So in it's like, canon. In the universe. Yeah. Ben Kenobi is referred to as that kooky old wizard in the desert. Thank you. So episode three, without a doubt, is my least favorite of all the episodes. I, I wasn't disappointed in it, but I was definitely like, uh, this this doesn't, this, this seems like we're treading water more than yeah. making progress. And then you get to the end of that episode and you have... It, again, just writing issues. They shut everything down because they don't want the Empire to scan them because mm. we keep on being told that if it has any electronic pieces active in it, it has to be turned off. Otherwise, the Empire or whatever this is mm. uh, can scan you and know that you're there. So they have to turn everybody, including David Tennant, off. And then the planes fly overhead. And then they're like, okay, turn everything back on. Yeah. <laughs> no! The scanners only work if they're right above you. No! You have to tell me that it's been like six hours, yeah. or it's the sun is setting, or they don't have any lights, and now they're working with just flash. But you can't just have the guys pass overhead and then have Ahsoka be like, okay, turn everything back on now. Yeah. No, that's antithetical to everything we've been taught so far. And this is the problem with Star Wars in the modern age, is just you have causality is out the window. Yeah. It's Superman rules. They can do whatever they've never done before. Yeah. If they've never done it before, they can do it. Same with Force stuff, apparently, because we've gone from you can move stuff, you can change people's <coughs> minds, you can, 
you know, levitate and do all these other things to you can teleport, <laughs> you can move things through space and time, and now you don't even have to be force sensitive to use yeah. the force. And I'm just like, God damn it. Or episode this- nine, Kylo Ren grabbing a necklace through a force connection. Yeah. It's like, well, that's what I mean. Is that really? episode eight where they're talking and then he comes back and he has rain on his hand because oh it was raining God. on the planet Ray was on? I was like, yeah. that's not how this works. <laughs> it works. If you die, you don't need to have any special training. You just become a force ghost. Yeah. That's not how this works. If you die and you have friends who are force sensitive, then you can now talk to those people, a la Han Solo talking to Ray. That's not how this works. So now we got to roll into episode four, which is my favorite of the four episodes. It was pretty good. I liked this episode. The a lot. fight scenes were really good. Fu- this was the moment the fight scenes finally got to where yeah. they needed to. Be. The the battle in the jungle was fucking was great. Awesome. Was great. I want to know awesome. more about that guy that gets sliced and he's all yes. I, I was like, this is the most interesting character here. Yeah, the 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 Nazi dude in, in Hellboy. Hellboy, yeah, yeah, with the sand in him. I yeah. was like, dude, yeah. that fight scene was fucking. Awesome. That was really cool. It was really cool. And the back and forth between the two sides of the fight and all yes. those things. And then it builds into the fight between Ray Stevenson and Ahsoka. That was all that was really well cool. done. The only... My... Okay, I have two big problems with the episode. The biggest one is... This is the, the poor writing. Yeah. The trope of... We need to go to light speed. Well, we need to build up our light speed. So we have to have this slow counter. Yeah. That people, it kind of like the Death Star at the end of episode one, where it's like, all right, let's blow up this planet. All right, well, we got to wait for it to warm up. Well, no, it wasn't waiting to warm up. It was that there was a moon in between it and Yavin, so it had it to move away. It was the same away. kind of thing. Yeah. This one was like, we got to warm it up before we go. Yeah. We want to make sure everyone has a chance to stop us. Well, I like the Pergil being brought back in. I was like, okay, I like this. Yeah. I like these touches. Again, these are the cool things that I was like, if this was done better, this would be amazing. But it's... Season five of Rebels. <laughs> well, that's another thing. Is my my brother in law when he was talking to my in laws about Rebel or about ah- Ahsoka, he said, "Yeah." And then there were fucking whales. Like that was dumb. I'm like, no, they fit. You just don't know that because you, you haven't, haven't watched, watched the Rebels. <laughs> you don't have context. It actually works with it for why these are here. Yeah. <laughs> it's maddening. Yes, it's it is maddening. so frustrating because it's such a great idea done so ham-fistedly. Yes. This has all of the potential of the Lower Decks Strange New Worlds crossover. Yes. Of like, oh, 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 and none of the execution. Exactly. And it's oh, it's so frustrating at times because it's like, this is such a cool concept. Yeah. And every time Chopper shows up, I'm like, it's fucking Chopper. It's fucking awesome. And it's so cool. And I do like Hera, and I don't think she's in it enough. No, she's definitely not in it enough. Like, she, her character's awesome. Her and Chopper together, and it's like, they need to be more. I, I'm hoping now they're going to be more in, now that they've kind of connected, reconnected well, with but the, what they've and the done, group. What they've done is they've just turned her into your standard mom. So it's oh, just like true. they gave her a kid, and now she has a kid that's going with her everywhere, and the kid's going to be the thing that's in it's danger, and now she's going to be worried about what's going on with this yeah. kid, and it's just a, it's a hat on a hat on a hat. Yeah. And it's just like, or she could just be concerned about her friends and the rebirth of the Empire. Yeah. We don't need to have a kid here, too. A kid named Jason with a C-E. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Um, my other big problem, one of the worst CGI de-aging, whatever. That Anakin was weird. That was weird. I'm like, you didn't need to do that. The whole thing was weird. So so for context, there's a really great fight between Ray Stevenson and yes. Ahsoka. 
and I, I really like the physicality. I really like how well done it is. I like the different styles and stances that they each take. <clears throat> I like the, the way Ray Stevenson tries to get in her head yeah. where he's like, I knew fucking Anakin and he sucked. And that must have been bad for you, yeah. huh? Aren't you yeah, a terrible like Jedi? His fight style is like a bull. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And I'm so sad he's dead. I, know. Like, I don't want to see more of him. I know. I just, going back to RRR, I just go back to that moment where his car crashes and he goes up in the air and he just calmly grabs the rifle and fires. Yeah, fucking awesome. <laughs> so, so awesome. But, um, so he has his great fight with Ahsoka. Mm. At the end, Sabine shows up. And is like, oh, I'm gonna save the day, but she doesn't. But of course, because we knew she fucking won in. Yeah, because this the the show should be called at certain times Chekhov's gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because there's just so many moments where characters will have a five minute conversation. Now you know that it's if if we can't if we can't get our hands on this map, we need to destroy it because even if we want to find Ezra, it's more important that Thrawn doesn't come back. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like, Ezra sacrificed himself to make sure Thrawn was out Gone. of the picture. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna not do that. Yeah. <laughs> not even a second of me thinking about it. Why? Don't set it up so broadly, then. Yeah. Because this means nothing to me. But you, Sabine comes in. She's like, I'm gonna save the day. She doesn't. And Ahsoka gets kicked off a cliff. And... We're like, okay, that's interesting. And then mm-hmm. Sabine gets captured and taken on the ship, and the ship goes wherever, right? Mm-hmm. And they almost pull a Holdo maneuver, but this time, because it's a ring, it doesn't kill yeah. them. And, and it's like, you're telling me that ring wasn't in weapons range where you could just fucking shoot the engines, which you know exactly where the fucking engines are. And you thing. know that they need every hyperdrive. Exactly. So if you knock out one hyperdrive, They're they fucking- can't go. Or we could just do this kind of like slow, like we're coming in, we're coming in, oh, we're coming so in, nice and slow. And that was so fucking frustrating. Like I, 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 I don't dislike the show. It sounds like I'm making fun of it. I'm just frustrated by it because the writing, the it, writing lets like it down said, so often. Yes, it's so often. So many moments are great, and then the writing just fully yeah. lets it down. And then you have moments like this, where at the end of the episode, we have this pan over the cliff over the water and you're like oh this is interesting and then it's ahsoka and she's kind of laying in this water and you're like oh is did this go to a close-up no she's in this weird it's like a nether realm or something yeah and who's here <laughs> fucking hayden christensen is back baby he's back which i would have been totally cool with if it didn't look so fucking weird it's like they heard our note about not de-aging them in obi-wan and they were like oh okay so we'll de-age him in this one even though here's where you don't... Here's where he would be age-appropriate! <laughs> <laughs> and even at the end of uh, 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 Revenge of the Sith, is yeah. that the fucking... You know, he's scarred and battle-scarred. It's like you, you're digitally altering him to make him look like a Force ghost. You don't need to fuck with his face anymore because no. he still looks really young. No, and Hayden Christensen doesn't look like an old man. No, not even close. So, like, it, uh, the, when they he showed up, up, when he showed up with that face, I was like, oh, that's dude, that fucking weird. Was weird. That's weird. It's a weird choice. And I even rewound it to watch it again, and I was like, that just doesn't even look right. Yeah. Like yeah. not even a little bit. Like, I don't know. It's it's I, I have deep conflict because all at once 
there's some interesting things happening here. You have characters from an animated series being brought into the live action world, but they're not doing what they did with Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks, where they actually had the voice actors come in and continue to voice those characters. Mm -hmm. They have entirely new people (laughs) playing these characters Mm -hmm. who don't move or talk like the characters from the show Mm -hmm. i'm looking at sabine in particular sabine is practically an acrobat in the show Mm -hmm. she's flipping around she's doing these mid-air turns she's jumping off shit she's super agile and here she's just like rolling along the ground like link trying to get across the hyrulean fields and i'm just like this i i get it I get it, but this is one of the pitfalls of the path that you have chosen yes. to take, is you have to have that character still move like she did. I Listen, again, she's probably 27 here in Rebels. She's like 15, 16. I get it. She's a beaten up, broken down, post-25 year old. What 25 year old can do fucking flips, right? Yeah. But like, it still needs to be a connective point between one point and the next point. If you don't do that, mm. then you have all of the problems that we've been having. And as a result, we've had a lot of problems. Yeah. It's not a bad show. It's not even a disappointing show because I didn't have any anticipations for it. Well, it's just we don't have a lot of good to compare it to. And, like, it's it can't <clears throat> stand on its own. No. And when taken in context, it also seems worse. Yeah. And it's just, I just end up kind of sitting here like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. I don't know what to do and with it's, this. what's sad is the lightsaber battles have been so good in the show that I'm like, I look back now at every lightsaber battle that has happened since episode one when it came out. And it's like, these are probably my favorite. Some of these are really good. That because they're not... Like, the things I didn't like about the prequel lightsaber fights is they made them too gymnastic-y and yeah. jumping and all that and too dramatic. Where these are, like, kind of, you know, the one lightsaber fight I liked in Episode 7 at the end when Kylo Ren and um, Finn faced off. Yeah. Even Kylo, for being a trained Jedi, it's brutal. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Like, that's more like the old school Star Wars episodes, you know, four, five, six, where even if you look at the end of Jedi, it's a brutal lightsaber fight. It's not this acrobatic bullshit. Mm -hmm. And these fights, for the most part, other than Ahsoka sometimes doing some spins and stuff, are like, these, they're just like, as if they had baseball bats and are trying to beat the fuck out of each other. That's like one of my limited (laughs) complaints is, I I agree with you, the the fighting has gotten better as the show's gone on. And I like the lightsaber combat. There is an element of me that looks at it and is like, this wouldn't be an effective way to wield a sword, though, right? Like, this is this is not as effective as this, right? If you use your wrist yeah. instead of your whole arm. But if arm, you look at it, the people who are not fighting properly are the ones who are not fully trained yet. Well, but I'm also looking at Ray Stevenson and his just, like, big Well, he's swings. a fucking beast. But I, I'm just saying, like, yeah. this is not how you would use a sword True. like this. So th- there is just that moment of, like, I like this, but there's also elements of it that I kind of snicker at. Yeah. I can't help it. But I do like it. I do like a lot of the fight scenes here. I think that they're really well mm-hmm. done. But I've seen a lot of people get stabbed with lightsabers through the gut. Most and of them die. die. <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> 
What the fuck? <laughs> then Sabine is just like, ah, give me like two days. I'll be fine. Yeah, give me a little glue. Give me yeah. a little super glue. I'll be perfectly fine. Yeah. It's like, dude, I'm pretty that sure. That really fucking bothers me. I'm pretty me. sure that kills almost anybody. Because like you said, that is almost the identical wound that Qui-Gon Jinn, who is a fully trained Jedi master, Qui-Gon, and Han dies. Solo. There's so many people yeah. that get stabbed through the gut at one point or another. And I'm just like, does it, it, it used to mean something. Yeah. And now it, you can apparently just get stabbed and be like, I'll be fine. Get me in the back to tank. Yeah. <laughs> I'll regrow these cells it real quick. It's fucking weird. It's no, fucking yeah. weird. So, again, I like the Supposedly show. Supposedly this next episode is supposed to be this big thing because it's actually getting released in some theaters. Really? Yeah. Supposedly this next episode, episode five, is supposed to be this event. Interesting. We'll see how that goes. Which is tomorrow, right? I think it's Mondays it comes out. Uh, I thought it came out on Thursdays. I like, like, I'm, and once again, this is me comparing it to other Star Wars shows. I like it. Mm-hmm. It's still not my favorite, and or still my favorite, but I like it. Drops on Tuesdays. Oh, Tuesdays. I know it's close. Like, The Mandalorian, to me, jumped the shark in season three. That's another thing, is that this is supposed to take place in tandem with Mandalorian yeah. season three. And I... Uh, mm, yeah. Okay. The whole time, well, the, the one thing Star Wars is famous for is their whole timeline thing. Is yeah, that's, fuck. it's fucked up. It, it's up there with Terminator. But it's, like... It is a well-made, artistically, Star Wars show. Like you said, the big problem is the writing. Yeah. And some of the storylines are so fucking dumb. Yeah. And some of the things they have them, they write them in and out of is so fucking stupid. Yeah. That it's like, God damn it, you could have had a banger with this show if, A, you did call it, and I give you full credit on this last week when you said, Star Wars Rebels, Ashoka. Yeah. That's what you should have called That's it. That's what you should have fucking called it. Yeah. Because then people would be like, oh, what's this Rebels? I guess I should watch it. Yeah, no fucking shit you should watch it. If you thought you needed to call Han Solo a Star Wars story, yeah. or fucking Rogue One a Star Wars story, you think people don't know what that fucking means? The yeah. people who are interested know who fucking Han Solo is and know what Rogue One means. Get the fuck out of here with your weak-ass bullshit. You're going to call those a Star Wars story, but you're just going to call this Ahsoka. Yeah. And it no context for what is actually happening. No context for, hey, go and devote enough time to watch 74 half-an-hour episodes. Not even just that, because in reality, you should watch The Clone Wars to know who the fuck Ahsoka is. Is in the first place. Yeah. And it's... Because uh, now, because even after watching Rebels, when you see Anakin, you're like, what the fuck is Anakin? Yeah. It's like, oh, that's right. They've mentioned that he was her master. And it's like, oh, if you watched Clone Wars, you would see their adventures together. Yeah. And why it is so important that he shows up because they had this really tight relationship that had a fucked up ending because he became Darth Vader. But it's like, y- you can't start. It's like, it's it's as if you started, and I'm going to bring it back to this, RRR, at the very end when they go to attack the castle yeah. and save the girl and it's like well you don't need to know the rest of the shit look at this guy's got arrows and he's painted and he's wearing red and the other guy is fucking you know a superhero it's like you don't need to know any of the backstory what do you need to know the rest he's of on the his shoulders and they're running what yeah. the fuck what it's do you like, need to know it's exactly that it's, it's like no uh, maybe you need to know the fucking other shit because like i'm i'm sitting here and the stuff with Sabine makes no sense no. in a bubble. And then when you watch Rebels, it makes less sense. Yeah. And it's just like, God, come on, what but are we doing? Like, and once again, the fact that the only 
thing that is said that connects it to any of the canon with Rebels and is that one interview with fucking Filoni yeah. where he says, watch it episode or season yeah. four. Yeah, it's no. like, if no one saw that, once again, I know people where this is a factual thing where they're watching the show going, I have no fucking idea who these people are. I can fix this in one move that is so Star Wars, it goes right back to Clone Wars. Anybody who has watched Clone Wars mm-hmm. knows that a lot of those episodes open with that kind of 1920s yes. newsreel. Do that! Yes. For the entirety of Rebels, do that! 20 minutes of just, here's what happens in Rebels. Start to finish. This is all of Rebels. Yes. It's 20 minutes long. It's the length of one episode of Rebels. You can get all of the information on all four seasons, yep. and then you go into Ahsoka and you know what the fuck is happening. And release it a month before you release the first episode of Ahsoka. Fucking duh. Yeah. Fucking Duh. Yeah. And if they, re- like, this show is made for adults. And if they expect 90% of the adults in this world who would watch this show to go back and watch all the seasons of all those animated shows, ain't gonna fucking happen. Ain't gonna fucking so happen. So for them to maybe think, oh, well, maybe they'll go back and watch it. No. Yeah. You're just gonna confuse the shit out of people who are gonna stop fucking watching it. Yeah. And it's a shame because, once again, it's not a bad show. It's not a bad show. It's a flawed show, but it's not a bad show. No. Even in the litany of Star Wars shows, I would still put this above <laughs> Book of Boba Fett. Oh, easily. And this has more going for it than Book of Boba Fett did. This isn't going to have one of those moments where you get four episodes in and they're like, uh, put the panic button because yeah, we, we fucking can't with this yeah. shit, man. This show sucks. Yeah. Hit the panic button. Bring in Mando. Bring in Ahsoka. Bring in Luke fucking Skywalker. Because yeah. this shit sucks. No, I agree. I put Mandalorian Season 1 and 2 and Andor Season 1 ahead of this. And that is it. Yeah. I Everything would... else is far below it. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. I think that there hasn't really been anything... It's, it's so weird that this isn't like I don't want to call it mid it's not mid it's well made it's a good idea yeah. I would like to see more ideas like this done but do it better <laughs> here's my thing just do it better and the one thing I did take away and, and there, it really stood out in this episode above anything Disney has done as far as Marvel and Star Wars the special effects are on point in they do show. look a lot better they than they have they look so much fucking better yeah like, it, it's still not Strange New Worlds special effects, no. which are still at a, at the mountaintop, but they look so much fucking better. It looks a lot better. Yeah. When they're in the forest <clears throat> and the light is mostly from Dude. their lightsabers, it looks so much better that than that scene in I Obi-Wan. still, I love that fucking scene. Yeah. Love that fucking scene. I really desperately want to know more about Gas Man. Yeah. <laughs> Just, like, he's the most interesting character. He really there. is. He, he has really that Boba Fett cheek of, like, we don't know anything about him, so I can put whatever the fuck I want yeah. into his character slot. But you know what? I have a sad feeling. We're never going to fucking... Oh, we're never going to see him again. We're never going to talk about him again. He is the Darth... He is the current Darth Maul. Yeah. Where at the end of episode one, he gets cut in half, and you're like, "Eh, fuck it, we don't need anything else about this guy. What? The coolest fucking character in this whole movie? We will never hear or see or have any inclination of him ever again. He will never be brought up. There will never be an aside to him. He will be one of those characters that when you rewatch Ahsoka in four years, you're like... Oh my god, I fully forgot about yeah. this guy. Why isn't he all over but the then, show? once again, just like this show, you have all the adults that see him cut in half at the end of episode one, and then they watch Solo, and they're like, the fuck is Darth Maul Darth doing Maul's here? I thought he was alive. dead. It's like, oh, well, go back and watch the show. Yeah, yeah. And you'll see why he's still alive yeah. and has fucking spider legs. There was a fucking moment when I was watching Rebels where Darth Maul was like, yeah, I'm the king of the Mandalorians. And I was like, what the fuck? Huh? I have no fucking what the fuck are you talking about? And then I looked it up and he is. And I'm like, what the fuck? 
fucking weird. It's fucking weird. That's crazy. What? It's all over the place. Uh, We got to move on. We got to move on to Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Now, it's been out for months now, so this is going to be a full spoiler review. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, fuck, just watch it. On a scale of Raiders to Crystal Skull, I put this exactly where I thought I was going to put it. Where? Number four. Goes right where I thought it was going to go. Better than Crystal Skull. Still not as good as any of the Holy Trilogy, but better than Crystal Skull. See, this is where you and I will disagree on this. You're out of your fucking mind if you think this is worse than Crystal Skull. There's the main reason why I put it below Crystal Skull. You're out of your fucking mind. No, no, no. Neither one of them, in my opinion, are a good movie. Okay. The thing that, the only thing I give Crystal Skull is Harrison Ford was still young enough that I bought it was Indiana Jones. In this movie, he was so fucking old that it was sad. See, I I like how they used it in this movie as opposed to Crystal Skull. Where Crystal Skull it was like, I can still do this. And then it's him not being able to do it. And here, he's like, what the fuck am I doing? I got a pin in one leg. I've got a fake See, in the other. He says that, but then they still have him doing this shit where it's like, there's no way you're doing this action shit. Mm-hmm. Where at least a 65-year-old or however old he was when he made Crystal Skull... It was more believable that he could do some of these action things to where in this it's like watching fucking a modern Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah. Where you're like, dude, there's no fucking way you're doing any of this. Like the mule where he had two threesomes. It's like, <laughs> really, Clint Eastwood? You're 93 years old and you're having two threesomes in this fucking movie? The mule. The mule. Um, no, I, I, I disagree with you to a degree. I yes. think that the action in this movie is done in such a way that I'm okay with Indy being involved in it because the biggest action sequence that I think he's really involved in is at the beginning of the movie. And then from Where there... Where he's on the horse and he's escaping on No, no, like before that, like the, the flashback at the beginning of the movie. Oh, God, I don't even think And, yeah, we're going to get to that. Uh, but, like, the, the stuff with the parade and everything, I was like, this is okay. He's not doing anything that I'm, like, shocked, mm-hmm. right? You know, and it, there's, there's no moment where I'm like, oh, there's no way... The, I guess the closest was when he was riding through the subway, and I was like, you do not have the time to make that jump, dude. Yeah. That ain't gonna fucking happen. But I also like that he hands the horse off to somebody and he just walks away. But just leading up to that scene where there's where him and um, Helena are escaping the bad guys in the, the university, mm-hmm. and he's, like, knocking over bookshelves that, that, are, that are bolted to the floor yeah. and rolling on them. It's like... You're 80. Not you would have broken every fucking bone in your body. Not only that, you're Indiana Jones. You're going to smash all this shit yeah. in your own archaeology department? Yeah. No fucking way. You're going to break down all these oh. shelves. <laughs> okay, so look, we got to start at the beginning. Yeah, let's start at the beginning. Okay, so flashback. Yes. Movie starts with a flashback. Uh, back to the war. Back to Indiana Jones Prime. <laughs> and you have Indy in a bag yeah. being pulled through a... a house that looks remarkably like the last crusade house very much so and even the nazi uniform he's wearing is very similar to the yeah you can tell they pulled a lot of yeah. clips from that 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 particular episode of indiana jones they have to of course dh his face which isn't bad but it is still very noticeable yeah i think a bigger problem is that he doesn't sound like indiana jones no. He has, the, he has the 80-year-old Harrison Ford voice. It was the Irishman. Yeah. Where you have this person that you're being told is somewhere in their late 20s, early 30s, 
and they sound like they're from they're 85 and they've lost so much life and burned see, out their the, lungs the thing i personally thought the de-aging on the face was very jarring in a lot of scenes but the part that got me is whoever the actor's body it was yeah. that they superimposed his face on did not move like Harrison Ford. No. Like, if you watch the first three indie movies, Harrison Ford has a very distinct way that he moves. I thought he looked good in the sequence when they get to the train. So, the, for anybody who mm. hasn't seen the movie, you have Indy captured Nazis. Mm. Nazis are raiding a, this house. Yep. They're taking the shit. And Indy is doing his whole That Belongs in a Museum shtick. And then Mads Mikkelsen shows up and he's like, I got this thing. And the Nazis are like, I don't fucking care. Mm -hmm. And Mads Mikkelsen is like, ah, Hitler fucking sucks at this. If only somebody could do better than Hitler did. And then there's a train that they're putting this this artifact on. And Mm -hmm. that train is going to be shipped to Berlin. So now Indy has to get on the train. And Toby Jones is also here. (laughs) This was so random. He was the John Hurd. Of this movie. I didn't mind it, but I was also a little like, why is Toby Jones yeah. here? All of this is to say that at one point, Indy has to go from the end of the train to the front of the train yeah. without being discovered. And I really like the moment where he has like the uniform on and he's in the dining car and he's just trying to keep a low profile as the guards are walking past him. I was like, this looks cool. This is this is Indiana Jones. And then he gets up and people notice that he has a bullet hole in the back of his coat. It's like, okay, this mm. is Indiana Jones. I will agree with you, when we first see the de-aging face, it's not great. But I do think as he goes through the train, the de-aging on his face looks better. Mostly because well, it's like so it's dark. Shadowed. Yeah. It's so dark. So it, it, it's a lot easier to make it look better. Yeah. I do think that Mads Mikkelsen should have had a scar or something on his face when he gets fucking clocked on the side of that train. Well, somebody had pointed this out in a review, and I totally agree. That scene in Speed... Took off Dennis Hopper's head. Yeah. Same thing happened to Maz Mikkelsen. There's no fucking way he's alive. No. There's no guy. He has a way. traumatic brain injury at best. Yes. At best. At, yeah, at best he's a vegetable. Yeah. But there's he, there's no fucking way he's alive. And then he just has this perfect Danish face and just like he he's Maz Mikkelsen. Was, I was just like, he's dead. That but man's the dead. The Toby Jones character is, if you remember Crystal Skull, he is Oxley, which was the John Hurt character, because you're like, okay, we have to have this guy that Harrison Ford knew, and then there's a point where everyone thinks he's gone crazy, and he's seeing these things, but then he's right, and it's like, that is the same fucking character. Yeah. They wrote the same fucking character. They just had him die Mm -hmm. instead of being in the end of the story. I still say that you could have had... Helena. You could have had Helena be Martin Brody's daughter and still have the yeah. exact same thing. And she was my favorite character in the whole fucking movie. She was by far the best part and of the movie. And everyone was like trashing her. I was like, why? No. She was the best part of the whole fucking movie. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is she was great. by far the best part of this movie. Yeah. And it's Easily. her and Boyd Holbrook <laughs> are like the two parts oh, of this yeah, movie that much. I'm like, yeah, th- these, these two are doing fucking great. I thought Teddy uh, was fine. He was a serviceable short round but it was such an obvious ripoff of short round. Though. It was it's like, very really, short round, dude. And then he kills a man in the most an Oscar in thirty years. Is he, that why you have him in the fucking movie? He kills a man in the most brutal way I've seen in an Indiana Jones yeah. movie in a while. Yeah, that was brutal. <laughs> that was a brutal way but to kill had, somebody. Like him driving like short round, yeah. and I was like, dude, really? You no, have to fucking steal everything from the older movies. You it, can't make an original goddamn fucking. It had movie. major short round energy. Oh my they, god! They they have an entire scene that takes place in. Casablanca, like 
almost yeah. literally in Casablanca. You have John Reese davies who is a taxi driver in New York City yeah, in the beginning. that was sad. That made me more sad like than anything. Indy brought his family. It's like, back in the, the older movies, prior to the Nazis, like... Sully was a big seemed, deal. He was a big deal, and his family seemed very wealthy and happy. He ran the mining guild out of Egypt. And this is the Americanization bullshit, mm -hmm. where it's like, well, you can't be happy in Cairo. You can only be happy if you're an American driving a taxi in a little two-bedroom apartment with your whole family in. It's the only way you can be happy. It's like, his family was fucking happy and doing well with Nazis yeah. holding, like, paying him next to nothing to take holes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree. When when they revealed that, I was like, oh, that makes that me was, genuinely sad. That made me mad. That Sala ends his career driving a cab in New York, and he's so happy. That except he sucked. did say his regret that he misses the desert, and it's like, well, why the fuck are you in here? I miss the desert and the sea. Okay, we'll then go back do home. anything else than this. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, that, that, that made, made me, me fucking mad. That made me sad. I was like, if you're going to bring John Reese davies into this, he should be the contact in Egypt or wherever yes! they're going. Yes! Like, there's no reason why he needs to be He's in New nothing. York. He picks him up in a cab twice and you see him at the very end doing comic relief. Yeah. This and... is fucking solid. He plays a major part in two fucking great movies. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to have him be a little bullshit. Unless he, unless John Reese davies is all really fucked up, which he is kind of old. He did look a little fucked up. I mean, like, even then, you, you still give him a better role than this. Yeah. Even then, even if John Reese davies can only be on set for, like, three days or whatever, you still give him a I better mean, role than this. he is still younger than Harrison Ford, so yeah. by a couple years. Yeah, no, I, I that whole thing made no sense to me. And then on the same level... At one point, we have to go on this dive, so we got to go to Catalonia to go on this dive, and for some reason, Antonio Banderas is going to be the captain of our Dude. boat. On IMDb, he is the third highest name on the he call is, sheet, and he, he is, is as worthless a fucking character. Yeah, it's him and then Karen Allen, who yeah. doesn't show up. Till the very fucking She end. shows up in a photo, and then at the That's like if, if in Ghostbusters Afterlife, Sigourney Weaver was the second yeah. <laughs> name on there, even yeah. she's in the post credits yeah. scene. And you're like, what? <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 when Antonio Banderas showed up, I was like, is that Antonio Banderas? Yeah. And then he has no dialogue. No. For, like, a significant amount of time. And then he has, like, five or six lines. And I'm just like, this is weird. And it's like, you Why did you get Antonio Banderas to do this? Why didn't you get anybody else? You couldn't get a black male actor or female... Well, when this takes place, it wouldn't make sense if it was a male actor to be the son of the ship captain from That's where I thought Raiders. they were going. That's where I thought they were going. He was like, I There's know... There's a connection! I know a guy with a boat. And I was like, I know a guy with a boat? Yeah! And then it wasn't. And I was just like, oh, oh. Oh, Okay. All right, this is. I'm gonna look and see if that actor's still alive. Because if he's still alive and they didn't fucking just use him, I'm gonna be really fucking pissed. And like the idea of hiring Antonio Banderas, he doesn't need to be in this movie. Give somebody else who has less screen time already accrued and all this other stuff. Katanga still lives, and he's not. I mean, he's five years younger than Harrison Ford. So you telling me that George Harris, who plays Katanga? Had so much to do that you couldn't have just fucking put him in it. I'm still angry that Short Round isn't in this movie for real. I still think... That is... That the, one of the only things I look at this movie and I see as a true lost opportunity. Yep. There's a few of them. Yep. But one of the biggest ones is that Short Round isn't in this movie. 
and he should be. He yep. just should be. And it's so frustrating that Short Round is one of the most beloved characters in all of Indiana Jones, and he shows up in what was the worst Indiana Jones, and then, because of stilting afterwards, is now the third best Indiana Jones, See, and then never Indiana again! Um, and this is what frustrated me. I agree with you a thousand percent. The whole basis of Indiana Jones is he has set up these contacts throughout the world. All over the world. So why in the final movie when you're trying to throw all these member berries, you don't utilize the fact that he has these friends all over the fucking world? Yeah. No, that I, was so frustrating. I, I found so many elements. Of but you're right, the Antonio Banderas. It's like, dude, it Antonio what the Banderas. fuck are you doing? It doesn't There's need to no be There's no emotional connection for us through Indy watching him get killed to be like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. If it was Katanga's daughter who was trying to start her own boat business and try and get away from her father's name or something, and India was like, I'll help you out. And See, and the only reason why I said uh, probably a male actor is it was still the 60s, mm-hmm. and in that part of the world, it would have been maybe but taking... I like that idea of her striving against the odds, you know? But they kind of do that with Phoebe Waller-Briggs already. I agree, I agree. So I th- no, I, And I'm not, I'm not saying, I, I'm looking at it more of a realistically thing. But once again, Katanga's still fucking alive. The yeah. actor's still alive. You don't even need to say, you can even have him then with a daughter mm. and say, I'm training her to take this over. Is what, this is what I'm saying though, is that how much more does that death mean if it's somebody we actually care about? Yeah. As opposed to yes. Antonio Banderas, who we don't give two Puss and Boots died about. and I give a fuck. Yeah. And his boyfriend died, and that's it. Like, there's this heavy implication that he has this gay boyfriend, and they are both killed, and uh, does it mean anything? And and this is what I think takes away from the Phoebe Waller-Bridges thing. Because like we've said before, I am a thousand percent for inclusion, unless it's forced. Mm -hmm. And her being in it as a lead is completely perfect. All the other shit... It, it felt forced. It's like, mm-hmm. it shouldn't feel forced. It should feel organic. Yeah. And her, organic. A thousand percent organic. And I like that she comes in and she's a swindler. Yes! She comes she's in like Han Solo in and, Indiana Jones. And she has a game of her own Dude, that she's she playing. she's so great in this fucking movie. Yeah. I really love that. I really love the back and yes. forth between her and Indy. Where she meets him in the bar. They just have this conversation. She's like, you really don't know who I am. Yeah. He's like, I don't fucking know who you are. I just retired and my friend died. What the fuck do I know? And, yeah. and just like, I I like the stuff with space that, that Mads Mikkelsen plays the scientist who was mm-hmm. a Nazi who comes over and helps us win the space race. And now he's going to go meet the president, but he's dragged away to do this other thing instead. And so you have CIA agents involved in the story, but you mm-hmm. also have this weird cult that he runs yeah that was a little i was kind of like was where is he getting all skull of this and hydra where is he getting all of this yeah. this ability to do these things yeah it was a little hydra yeah it, it, when when we meet donovan we understand yes how donovan is able to do yes. all of these things in raiders uh what's his name belloc belloc is hired by the nazis that's how he's doing all of these things yes here this was like Mads Mikkelsen's passion project, and I guess he was also a millionaire. I guess, because he has infinite resources to do whatever he wants. But Oh, and once again, I have to, you, you, you talked about Last Crusade. Last mention of RRR, I promise. I totally forgot that Alison Duty, a.k.a. Elsa, is the wife yeah. 
of the <laughs> yeah, of Ray, Ray Stevenson. Because yeah. like, she looks nothing like yeah. she did because she was only 19 when she made yeah. Last Crusade. I just got to throw that in. Okay, yeah. back, to, back to Indiana Jones. I like this movie a lot. I wish that they had started or they had finished with the first ending. Do you want us? Do we want to go into the? See, the ending is where I wasn't a fan of the movie, and then as dumb as interstellar beings are, mm-hmm. going back in fucking time I, to the battle. I take going back in time over aliens nine times out of ten. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And I'm, I don't. I hated the aliens, mm-hmm. but I thought. You knew people were like, this is not Indiana Jones. Like, there's the fantastical parts of the first three movies, but they were still grounded in some sort, semblance of reality. Uh The last two endings were so fucking insane. I don't know. Going back in goddamn time to the battle. The the actual Ark of the Covenant. The actual... Yes, but what I'm saying is... Holy Grail. It's... It's got it's it has the moments of like paranormal feelings, but it's still grounded. I think what benefits those that this doesn't have and that Crystal Skull mm. also doesn't have is that people know what the Ark of the Covenant is. People know what the Holy Grail is. Yes, those don't exist in a vacuum within these. Even movies. the chakra stones, they real goddamn things. Crystal Skull fully fake. Yes, this the Dial of Destiny, great idea, fully fake. And I think that if you did choose a religious icon of something, at the beginning they talk about the spear that pierces. Yes, Jesus the aside. spear of destiny! And it's like, okay, no, this is nothing. That should have been the fucking MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I agree with you on that, that it would mean more to everyone, yes. audience and characters, if it was something that is more universally known instead of this kind of like, oh, it's this thing and it does this thing and we can't let the Nazis yes. get it. And it's like, okay, I guess that's interesting. It was more interesting when it was... The Ark of the Covenant. I don't think that anything in this movie is any less realistic than anything in Raiders in terms of, like, stuff that happens. But like I'm saying with the Ark, mm-hmm. it's a supernatural thing, but it's not time travel. Like, it's it, it's something where you're like, did that happen? They had their eyes closed. Did that really happen? There's always that mystical thing where you're like, well, something definitely something happened. Something happened. And then what happened? But there's it's still taking place in a realistic setting well, with crusade, a fantastical element. Last Crusade, we literally see a man deteriorate into a skeleton. But once again, a fantastical thing happens in a realistic setting. This is a fantastical thing happens that transports you back in fucking time to a goddamn battle. See, what I liked about it, though, I like two elements of this. Okay. I'm going to defend it on two points. One, I like the idea that mysticism has been replaced with math. This isn't a mystical totem. This is a mathematical equation that this device solves. Mm-hmm. And if you go where this device tells you to go, it allows you to go backwards in time mm-hmm. because mathematically these things align. And so you can kind of look at it and understand the math and mm-hmm. say, this plus this means this. I also like that everybody is like, it's a time machine. And then they get back in time and Indy's like, it's not a time machine. It's to have people come and help win this fight. No matter where you get into this vortex, it always brings you here. It always brings you to this moment right here. So it's not a time machine that allows you to do whatever you want or even to a degree where it's like he's doing the math and he's like, okay, if I go in at this point, then Mm. I'll come out in 1940s Germany. Mm. I like the idea that there is no 
for something that is mathematical, mm -hmm. there is no necessarily like fine control on it. Mm -hmm. You can only go back to certain points in time and then kind of build from there. I like that Indy has the whole moment of like, continental shift we didn't know about continental shift way back in ancient greece so there's no way they would have been able to account for it in mm. their mathematics so you are going to be wrong <clears throat> and i i did like that mm. i like that they go back to this battle of syracuse with the romans and everything i thought it was a little hokey it was yeah it was a little hokey. i the, the moment when they get to archimedes fucking grave yeah <laughs> and it has propellers on i was like this is weird but like you understand what they're doing yeah. it's fine it just reminded me of bad doctor who yeah you no I, I get mean? that i get that it's like you turn indiana jones into the doctor and it's like i, I know he's dr jones but still i totally like... get that my thing is just that and i mentioned this to you last week the only thing anybody wants at this point besides disney disney wants indiana jones to live so they can continue to milk it for money everybody from harrison ford to the staunchest indiana jones fan the only thing we want is a good death for Indy. Yes. We want Indy to die with honor in a way that exemplifies him as a character. And going back to ancient Greece is 100% that. That is the death that is is deserved as he goes back and becomes part of history and does all these... That's perfect. And then he can't come back because he's in ancient Greece. Great. And then... <laughs> it's kind of the same thing with Ahsoka getting stabbed with the lightsaber. It's like, he was mortally wounded, but he goes back to, he's okay. Mary that was another thing. The elbow, he gets fine. shot. Yeah. And he's like, he gets shot like 20 minutes before the end like, of the movie. really fucking shot. And he gets shot like in the upper chest. Yeah. And, it's, and he's 80. And he's just like, I'm okay. I'll, I'll live. It's fine. I can, I can just kind of, no. <laughs> like that was his whole yeah. point was that he was like, I'm not even going to live that long here. Yes. Let me just die here. And we as an audience are like, yeah. Let him die! No. No, because Helena needs to punch him and do that that classic, I'm going to give you head damage, mm -hmm. and as a result, you're going to be unconscious for an undisclosed amount of time, and then you're going to wake up like Captain America. Be completely healed. And I did like when Marion comes back at the end, and like the whole, where doesn't it hurt? Here. Yeah. Here. I like that. I like the first ending more. Yeah. <laughs> I like the first ending more! To me, there's only one scene of this movie that I can honestly say I would put in the pantheon of the first three. And it's when Helena asks him what he would do with going back in time. And he has that, that emotional with scene yeah. about going back and telling his son that he'll die. That was spectacular acting. And it finally made Mutt a character that we care yes. about in some way. That scene right there, I'm like, you take that scene out, I would put that one scene... In the Pantheon because it was so well fucking done. Yeah. And he did such a banger job delivering that dialogue that it's like, other than that, to me, when I show my kids Indiana Jones, I stop at Last Crusade. I will never show them these two movies. When they get older, if they want to watch them, that's up to them. It's kind of like religion. Yeah. If you want to believe it when you get older, fine. Yeah. But I am not fucking showing them to you. If you find it in a library, that's between you and God. But I like this movie enough that I would put it in my own personal pantheon. Not for full price. But okay. like when this falls to like $10 around Christmas time, I could totally see this ending up on my voodoo. Mm -hmm. Because me and Kelly both liked it. It fell exactly where I thought it was going to fall. Mm -hmm. Better than Crystal Skull. Not as good as any of the original trilogy. But better than Crystal Skull. And that's all I can really ask at this point. See, I, th I think the frustrating thing with me with this movie is if you took Harrison Ford out mm -hmm. 
and put in a younger male lead. If you put in be, Alden Ehrenreich, who's already done it once. But not even called Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Just make an adventure movie with this story, with Phoebe Waller-Bridge being the full-on lead, and whoever the male counterpart is, is... Which, in reality, she was the full lead in this, and Indiana Jones was secondary. Yeah. But do that with a, like a, a male character they could play off of. I think it would have been a fantastic movie. I think But that... when you're looking at it from a lens of an Indiana Jones movie is mm-hmm. where it loses me. Yeah. Because I love... I, I cannot stress enough how much I loved her in this movie. Yeah. And I wished it would have been a driving vehicle for her... That they could have rolled into making her, not Indiana Jones, but a female version of that character. Just call it Wombat. Every yeah. movie from now on is called Wombat. Or Helena, or, or Helena, or whatever. Yeah. But just, I think they had a missed opportunity. And once again, Disney has done this with their female leads in movies, where it's like, you have the fucking honest silver platter opportunity with a great performance, and you completely fucking yeah. miss the whole boat on it. Yeah. Have you ever seen the Librarian movies, Steve? Oh yeah, that's very kind much of the so. vibe that. Oh no, it, but the Librarians. I mean, that was a. It started what is a TNT or USA or whatever. It, I think it's something like yeah. that with Noah Wiley and all that. Like the original ones. Like I, I did like those movies, but this, like, I don't want to think about it in the vein of that or Alan Quartermain, which it was, kind of. Some of the storylines were kind of yeah. hokeyish. Where well, Hollywood has spent the last forty years trying to recreate the success of Indiana Jones, whether it's The Rocketeer, whether it's fucking any number of action movies, oh. Romancing the Stone. There's been so yes. fucking many of these that try and take the indie idea and bring it into Romancing a the new Stone twist. Was awesome. They did a good job. So like. On that scale, I think that this is fairly successful because it's better than a lot of those knockoffs. Mm-hmm. And it's better in a lot of ways than Crystal Skull. It doesn't have a lot of the problems of Crystal Skull. It doesn't have the bad CGI at times that Crystal Skull had. It has a more firm directing hand than Crystal Skull did. It feels less like a cash mm-hmm. grab. It's still very much a cash grab. Oh, it feels less yeah. like a cash grab than Crystal Skull. I did think that... In a long line, there's a long legacy. Uh, villains dying in these mm-hmm. movies in these glorious, ironic ways. Not so much here. There's no. Just a plane crash that takes out every one of the villains in this movie. And I was like, oh, that's a letdown. Uh, I like this movie. I would give it, I think, like a B minus. Oh, wow. Which is very low for an Indiana Jones movie, yeah. but higher than I anticipated being. I'm glad it's not another Crystal Skull. Going back to what you said, I will show my kids the first three Indiana Jones movies. Mm-hmm. I always said categorically that when my kids brought up the fourth Indiana Jones movie, I would say it doesn't exist. There is no fourth Indiana Jones movie. And they would come home crying from school because their friends would have bullied them, telling them there is a fourth Indiana Jones movie and your father is an idiot. And they'd be like, my dad's smart and he knows things. And then they'd come home and be like, why did you lie about the fourth Indiana Jones movie? And I'd be like, I didn't lie. It doesn't exist. It's a bad movie. You don't need to acknowledge that it exists. Now I have to come up with how I'm going to deal with the fact that the fourth movie doesn't exist. The fifth movie does exist and is worth watching. Especially, like, I think Mm. younger kids would really enjoy, not younger kids, but, like, Mm. 10 to 15, I think, would really enjoy this movie. As far as adults... I think there are going to be a lot of moments where you're like, oh, that's a little bit of a letdown. Oh, that's not as much as I wanted it to be. Is it bad? It's not nearly as bad as Crystal Skull. But, like I've been saying all year, 
there was no way it was ever going to be good as good as even in my opinion uh temple of doom kelly liked it more than temple of doom but to me this is it was never going to come close mm. to temple of doom purely because Harrison Ford is in his 80s. Therefore, there's going to be the ceiling of how good this movie mm. can be. See, I'm not even going to give it a letter grade. This movie and Crystal Skull fall into the does not exist for me. Because to me, to make an Indiana Jones movie something that I would acknowledge exists, it needs to give me a reason why the Greatest cinematic ending for any hero ever. Mm -hmm. Riding off in the sunset with fucking 007 next to him. Mm -hmm. It has to give me a reason to say, okay, I can see why this exists after that. Yeah. Does not do that for me. It doesn't justify its existence. Not even close. Because... And so, to me, I, I'm not even going to give it a grade. Yeah. To me, it's like, if you are a true fan of the OG and the Jones trilogy... Him riding off in the sunset is the ending. Yeah. This is just like a fever dream he has after that. This is kind of like the further adventures. Yeah. Although I think even like what they really should do is just bring back young Indiana Jones. Dude. Just bring back young Indiana Jones. Do a TV show again. Get a River Phoenix-like guy. Yeah. Have it take place in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Just do young Indiana Jones. That's what we want. Yeah. That's what we want. Do the fucking stories that happen in between. Because, you know, that's the only negative is they show you in, in the beginning of the, the OG3 movies, they show you these fascinating, like, s brief stories about what he did looking for certain artifacts. You, you can mine the shit out of that. Yeah. All those years of him finding artifacts and building up this reputation. What is the story where he meets Short Round? Is it related to the guy who yes. dies at the beginning yes. who's like, into the next great adventure, I go first. Yeah. There's stuff you can do here. Yes. There's so Thank much stuff you, you can do. I agree. Just do that. <laughs> and it's like, I, I almost wish... Harrison Ford would have just gotten his wish. Mm -hmm. And not only in this franchise, but the Star Wars franchise too. It's where it's like, just fucking stop. This is what but I'm then, saying. You know, he gets all sentimental and he, for both Crystal Skull and this movie, he's been like, oh, it was great to revisit the character. It's like, dude, when your last fucking, when Last Crusade ended, you were like, done. Mm -hmm. And you should have been, like, you were so right. Yeah. And it, like, I think the fact that they more made more Indiana Jones movies after last crusade makes me more upset than the fact that they made the star wars prequels because it's like at least you have you could have done prequels with star wars like that's not out of the realm and you could have even done sequels that's not out of the realm but when you have your character one of the greatest action heroes of all time if not the greatest action hero of all time riding off in the sunset that's it yeah that's poetry yeah no it, it don't was, fuck with it as as one of my favorite movie reviewers put it Mr. Matt Sloan from Welcome to the Basement. He yes. said, you have this perfect golden bubble of cinema. He just slapped a turd right on the back end of it. Yes. And you have all of the great characters. You have Marcus still alive. You have Sala still young. You have, once again, his father, a.k.a. fucking 007, the original James Bond. And they're all healthy and alive and riding off into the sunset. Yeah. And the Nazis have finally been beaten. Yeah. It's like, dude... Yeah. That's so fucking perfect. Yeah. Why fuck it up? No, I agree. I agree. If you're going to revisit things in the Indiana Jones universe, you yeah. can do that, but do side tertiary things. In the same way that I complained very loudly when they came out with Toy Story 4, because in Dude. a similar vein, you had a, a good thousand ending. percent. You didn't need to continue yes. it. 
at some point, we keep on using this term cash grab. It can either be genuinely effective addition to the story or it's a cash grab. It's a binary thing. And I do think that this still comes off more cash grab than essential to the story. Oh, yeah. It's better than Crystal Skull. I could see calling this the fourth Indiana Jones movie and just fully skipping Crystal Skull. But even the end of Crystal Skull is a kind of a second walk-off where he's like, he married Marion. Mm-hmm. They're back together. Okay, why do you gotta show this fucking idol of mine? It's like watching Hulk Hogan now. I grew up idolizing this big, strong figure, and you're gonna show me a broken-down, beaten-up version of him? I don't want to fucking see that. Gawker thinks you do. Gawker can go fuck themselves. <laughs> well, Gawker's dead. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, I want to remember... My hero, like, I don't, when I think about Christopher Reeve, I don't think I'm in the wheelchair at the end of his life. I think of him as fucking Superman. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't want to think of Indiana Jones as a fucking 80-year-old. I just don't. I think of him as Robin Williams' roommate, but that's how I think of Christopher Reeves. That's true. Yeah. Um, No, I I agree. I, I think that this isn't bad, but it's not an essential. This made me feel closer to the joy of watching an Indiana Jones movie than Crystal Skull. It still isn't close. If I were going to watch any of the Indiana Jones movies I've seen millions of times, or this one for the second time, I would watch any of those for oh, absolutely. the million first time, then go back and watch this again. Absolutely. Well, that's our show. Yeah, that's Holy it. Holy shit. That's a nice long show there, yeah. folks. So we got we got to sign off. we got to figure out what we're going to do next week, because right now we just have one episode of Ahsoka. we got an we're episode of Ahsoka, which is we, apparently a bomber, but... We honestly, for once in a very long time, don't have a lot to talk about, so we can actually make a very interesting show. Yeah, we might actually build something this week. Oh, it's going to have to interest. be. We might do that. We, we still have that five-hour documentary. Yeah, but you still have to watch that. I still have to watch it. takes a long yeah, fucking time. Yeah, and i, I got to finish Rebels this week before we get back to Ahsoka no, next true. week. that's true. That is true. So I, I got... I got, I got some problems. You got <laughs> well, folks, once again, uh, this has been NerdPod Generations. If you're first time listening to us, please uh, like and subscribe to us at both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you want to know more about us, once again, we are working on a website. You cannot find shit out about me. You? There will be a nerdpodgen.com one day soon. Yes. Until then, come The domain to- exists. Yes. We just need to build the name. If you, if you go there, it's a dead link. Yes. But you can go there. You can go there. <laughs> uh, for any other information, you can go to judsomstudios.work under the Bronx Division tab. And we will be back next week Can't with wait. more fun and fancy free. Can't wait. Free for cost and free of good thoughts. Yes. <laughs> Even though we're geniuses. Yeah. Have a great week, friends and everybody.